Well, I'm going to start, if we can, by praying. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus today that we can bind the minds of the saints to the mind of Christ. No weapon or contradiction of the gospel of the kingdom of God would enter the mind of man today. Everything that is a contradiction of your word and truth today would bow its knee. Every power force that is contradictory to the power of the Holy Spirit today would bow its knee. And we thank you today, Lord, that the ears and eyes would be open and the minds would be open to receive the word of the Lord and to hear what the Spirit is saying and doing in the church today. I thank you for that in Jesus' name, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you have your way this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, almost, uh, when was it, 1976, I came to America as a young man. I was in the South African military, and I came to celebrate the bicentennial in uh, New York. And uh, I stayed here for six months in this country. And I didn't know God at that stage, but on the 4th of July, 1976, I was standing on the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, looking across the Hudson into downtown Manhattan. And all my buddies were with me, and it was big frolicking, a lot of partying. All the ships were sailing by, and the navies were marching, and everybody was just having a good old time because we were celebrating America's bicentennial. But I remember that specific day, about 4 to 5 o'clock in the afternoon, standing waiting for the fireworks display to take part in the New York Harbor. And I remember just feeling tremendously overwhelmed. I didn't know what it was. I had no concept of spirituality or anything at that stage because I was dead as a doorknob. But I stood there and I remembered there was a powerful, overwhelming sense for this nation. And uh, six months later, I went back home. Nothing happened. But in 1988... Uh, I got saved in 1985. In 1988, a prophetic word came to me through a prophet who said to me that God had called you and he's going to send you back to that nation where he spoke to you at the gateway of that nation. And I said, all right. And then it suddenly twigged that God spoke to me in 1976 when I came to America. Even though I didn't know God, that doesn't limit him from speaking to you. That doesn't limit him from drawing you and pulling you. And so I started to realize there's a much greater purpose here than just, you know, coming to America. And so a couple of months later, a guy was sitting next to me, a friend of mine, and he said to me, you need to go to the nations and you need to sound the trumpet. Hence the name of my ministry is Sound the Trumpet Ministries. <laughs> Sometimes you have to have a word to do something, you know. And so what we've been doing is we came in 93, we came to... America, and the first place God led us to was Shady Grove in Grand Prairie. Uh, when we landed in DFW Airport, we could have been on Mars. I mean, there was all these big trucks. Everybody's driving on the wrong side of the road. No wonder why your death rate is so high. I mean, your doorknobs work the opposite way around. Light switches work the opposite way around. Your faucets open different. Everything was different. It was like we could have been on Mars. I was driving down 360 one day, and the Spirit of God led me and said to me, I want you to turn off a I think it was Carrier Parkway. And he led me down this road and he said, there's a road called Rob Roy or something like that down there. And turn left, there's a church down there. Roy O? That's right, yeah. So I'm driving down there. I'm saying, it's cattle country. There's cattle. I said, God, there's no church down here. Driving down this road. And the next minute I turn the corner and there's this church. And God said to me, there's a man named Monty. I want you to go and talk to him. Now, don't forget, I've, I've not been here before. I've totally been guided by what the Spirit is doing. I go in and I, I talk to the lady. I say, look, is there a man named Monty? She said, yes. She said, I said, the Lord said I need to come see him. She said, well, I'm sorry. He has a lunch appointment, and he's booked up this afternoon. He won't be able to see you. 
I said, all right. So I went to the restroom and I said, God, okay, we have a problem. <laughs> the man's here, but he can't see me. So I just waited for a while and I said, right, I'm just going to go out. So when I went out, she called me. She said, by the way, his lunch appointment never arrived. He canceled and his appointments for this afternoon have canceled, so he'll see you. <laughs> so God is an orchestrator, but you need to hear. So I went in, I met with him, I spoke to him, and by meeting with him and so on, God led us to, at that stage, Shady Grove, to be with Olin and them. And it's just amazing how God brought this full circle, because I really didn't know Pastor Alan was in relationship with Olin Griffin. I had no idea. So we were discussing it yesterday, and it was like, it was like there's, a, there's a, a connective heritage that was orchestrated by God, even though we weren't involved in the principle. And that brings me to my discussion with you this morning. I want to start discussing something with you this morning about listening, about hearing. Um, in 2000, so actually 1999, the Spirit of God gave me a word. I was in Washington, D.C., and he gave me a word, and I prophesied in a church, and they did not like it. But it's come to pass. And the word was this. I am sending a Judas Code leadership to America, and I'm going to lead this culture into a trap. And I'm sending lying prophets to the church, and they're going to lead the church into a trap. And the only way out of the trap is by humbling yourself and repenting. Now, of course, you prophesy that in the church. It's like, where's the back door? Out the back. Well, guess what? That was 1999. Ten years later, are we as a culture in a trap? Are we as a church in a trap? Totally. When the gospel of the church becomes the same as the gospel of the culture, you have a problem. When there is not a word that is clear, when the trumpet is not as clear as it should be and it sounds the same as the culture, that's when a culture falls into problems. You, look, you go back in 1933 and you look at Germany with Adolf Hitler. When the church came to agreement with what Adolf Hitler was doing, darkness and delusion came over the culture. One of the things I reckon is happening in America is we are falling into a darkness and a depravity and a delusion. And so I want to encourage you as saints, and I'm not judging and I'm not pointing fingers, I'm saying as a voice. Because in the last 10 years, God has kept me hidden. I've not been able to prophesy, speak, or do anything, but only now is God opening the door for me to go to places again and start speaking the word and start bringing the church to, uh, to the right minds. You hear me praying, bring us into our right minds. Because the Bible says, have this mind in you that's in Christ Jesus. It is imperative in this hour. That we hear clearly because we are living in very, very, very questionable times. The, the destiny and the future of the culture and the heritage are on the line. Everything, all our value systems are under reproach and attack. Everything we believe as a culture and have believed as a culture for many years that the founding father stood with today is under attack. Everything that we are looking at right now is under the microscope. The media commands such power over people, that it can control the way people think, the way they eat, the way they purchase, the way they buy, the way they shop. Everything is controlled. And we are people that are controlled when we don't even know it. We are think we're in liberty, but we're not in liberty. That's the bad news. Good news. <laughs> there is good news. There is good news. And I'm going to give it to you if I can. In John chapter 10, if you will go with me in your Biblis, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 10, verse 27. 
Let's start verse 25. Jesus answered, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these be witness of me. Because you do not believe, because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Uh, we are his sheep. We sang the song about being in Christ. We sang the song about being bought in his blood. We are in him. Is that not true? We're a new creation in Christ. We're no longer uh, people within our own realm, but we're in Christ. We have a different dimension. We're in a heavenly dimension. We're seated in Christ in heavenly places above powers and principalities, rulers of darkness. We have a heavenly disposition, but we're in an earthly state. The thing is here, the most important thing today is for the saints of God to hear the voice of the Lord and to know what is right and what is true concerning your life, concerning everything that's going on. It's imperative in this time to hear. You know, during South Africa, during the apartheid days, we had terrorism in our streets. We had bombs blowing up. We had people with machine gunned down. People were macheted. People were burned and killed and murdered all the time. And it was imperative at that time that we as Christians began to hear what the Spirit of God was saying. Because if we didn't, you would be massacred. And it was very imperative that every day when you woke up, that you immediately consecrated yourself and pressed into God and heard what the Spirit of God had for you for that day. Because if you didn't walk in those things, you would actually walk in destruction. It's imperative today to recognize that we have a heritage and a destiny in Christ. And we can only fulfill it by hearing from Him. And God has given us the Holy Spirit. He has given us the tools that we need to hear Him. And part of the thing that's happened is because God wants to bring us back to Him. He wants to bring us back, reconcile us to our inheritance, our heritage that He's called us to. I love reading the Bible about David. In the book of Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 5. Please don't be disheartened. I'm, I, this is going to become encouraging in, in, in a short while. <laughs> you first have to give the bad medicine and then you have to give the good news. In Second uh, Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king of Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. It's a funny thing. When the Philistines, which is a terminology for the enemy, when the Philistines hear that you are anointed, they went out to seek him. Do you think that the devil's excited that you have a passion for Christ? Do you think he's rejoicing because you have been redeemed from hell and you've been brought into his marvelous light? Oh no, he's coming to seek. He looks, he seeks. The Bible says he's uh, running around like a roaring lion, seeming who he can devour. So he's not excited with David too. The Philistines came to seek him out when they heard he was anointed because they knew, hey, listen, this guy's anointed. He already killed the giants. Uh, what can he do next? We need to get him before he gets himself comfortable. And this is what happens. And so here we go. I want to share this with you. The Philistines came to spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will thou give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up. I will certainly give the Philistines in your hand. David came up to Baal Perizim, which means God of breakthrough, and defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through mine enemies before me like the breakthrough of water. Therefore he named the place Baal Perizim. And the story goes on and carries on where David goes back. And he hears the Philistines come again. And he says to God, 
Should I go up against them again? And God says, no, wait until you hear their footsteps in the mulberry leaves. And then I will give them into your hand. See, the important facet today for us Christians is because you did something this way yesterday. Doesn't mean to say you need to do something this way today. Because God's grace is new every day. His ability to hear clearly is new every day. Because God told you to go left last week, doesn't mean to say he's going to tell you to go left this week. It's important for you to be led by the Spirit. You know, it's a funny thing when you talk to Christians and you start this discussion about being Spirit-filled. I had a guy one day say to me, well, I don't believe in that. It's from the devil. So I said, what? Yeah, being Spirit-filled is from the devil. I said, wow, serious. I said, I was in the devil's kingdom for 35 years and I never spoke in tongues once. (laughs) I was robbed. Think about, just think about that statement. It's from the devil. Think about it logically. See, we never think about things. I served the devil for many years. Never once was I, was I speaking in tongues. Never once did I have the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I said, God, how is it possible that we as a church who are anointed? Because the Holy Spirit draws you. No one comes unless the Holy Spirit draws them. The Holy Spirit drew us. We're not here today because we had nothing to do. There's a Cowboys game on today. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of intercession going on. God's team cannot afford to lose against the Giants today. (laughs) The Pansies, the New York Giants. You know, you watch Madagascar. So So I say, God, you know, what is the problem? We, We have the Holy Spirit who's redeemed us from the curse of the law of sin and death. And brought us into the life of the liberty in Christ Jesus. We have a divine exchange from death to life. We have the Holy Spirit who's baptized us into the church. That's what the word says. And then we have the Holy Spirit who's baptized and filled us to overflowing. And then we have this language that's been given to us. Which gives us the ability to speak in languages of angels. That no demonic thing can understand. They can only be interpreted by the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a private communication Secure network set up between you and God. That's modern day terminology. You've got your own IP between you and God. Internet protocol. Your own language. It's not DOS, not Windows. You've got your own language with God that you can speak, that you can do intercession, the Holy Spirit can speak on your behalf. But then besides the speaking, He's given you, in the book of Corinthians, He's given you nine gifts. And you know what amazes me? Oh, I can't hear from God. Dude, seriously. (laughs) You have the Holy Spirit in you who has a direct link, Wi-Fi, with God. (laughs) Got to speak in modern-day terminology. All old people look at me and say, what's (laughs) Wi-Fi? It's like my wife and I, my children, we walked into a restaurant and there's W-I-F-I in the window. And my my wife says, what's Woofy? (laughs) Sorry. My daughter says, seriously, mom, that's Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I'm going to take you to this little experience to show you how God has given you by the Holy Spirit nine abilities of God in you as man on earth to be able to hear like God, know like God, and speak like God. All the things that Adam lost you now have by the Holy Spirit. 
See, Adam walked with God. Adam, how do you think Adam named the animals? Did he go to the veterinary university of Eden and got his doctorate in anthropology? No. He was filled with the Spirit. How do I know that? Because when he sinned and God walked in the garden, they were naked, they were hiding. The first thing that God said is, who have you been speaking to? See, you need to understand people. Listen to me. The church today likes to get spoken to by the world. And we listen to the world and we listen to the media and we listen to religion. But we have the attributes and abilities to be God-like. Not like God, God-like. We have the attributes and ability to speak the things of God. How did God create? He spoke. He sat down and had a discussion, a communication. He said, let us create man in our image. We are created in the perfect image of God. We have the ability in us to be totally God-like. The devil hates us. And that's why he causes miscommunication. That's why he causes a wound in the soul. That's why the day when Eve stood in front of the tree and took the bite of the apple, the serpent said that he beguiled her, he transplanted a lie for the truth. He said to her, did God say? It isn't because he doesn't want you to be like him. She was already like God. She could walk with God. Because she was in Adam, she walked with God with Adam. A lot of Christians can't understand that concept. You know that Eve was inside of Adam? God created Adam, male and female. Oh, we better not go there. I'll freak a lot of you people out. <laughs> so we have this. So yeah, let's, let's just jump into the book of Corinthians quickly if I can. I want to encourage you as people to know that you have the right as saints of the Lord, bought and washed in the blood, to hear God's communication pertaining to yourself and pertaining to your environment and pertaining to everything around about you. That's your... That's your inheritance. That's your communicative ability in God. See, I get upset when people say, well, we don't believe in the prophetic. You're pathetic. <laughs> Revelation 19 verse 10 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. God didn't create by sitting down pondering, oh, Lord, Adam and Eve have fallen. Oh, God, what am I going to do now? Let's go and create another world somewhere else with aliens on it. God didn't do that. He spoke. You know, they just found a brand new, this last month, they found a brand new black hole somewhere a couple of gazillion miles out in space. The scientists scratched and said, how's this happening? How's this possible? Where did this come from? It wasn't there last week. No. Because as God spoke the creative word, it continues in his nature because God's nature is creative to speak. You see, a lot of you, what you really need to do is you need to stand to your marriage and you need to speak to your marriage. You need to stand at your checkbook and you need to speak to it. You need to take your situation in your job and speak to it. You need to start being who God has called you to be. You need to rise up in the Spirit of God and speak to your children. You need to start speaking to situations. Why? Because that's where your authority is. You know? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Speak and choose life. You who are called by his name, who walk in covenant with him, have the ability to know his thoughts and can speak his thoughts. You know, I'm surprised. I, I'm fascinated by Christians because to me, I think we sometimes are a little bit retarded. 
you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would start out in the spirit and then you'd try and perfect yourself in the flesh? Now, we agree. Marriage is between a man and a woman. So some bright guy comes up, hey, let's, let's do a political thing and let's make it law. And we started off with, and I'm getting political now, but I don't mean to, but I want to show you a picture of how really stupid we are. We started with 50 states recognizing that marriage is between man and woman. Somebody comes up with a bright idea and says, oh, let's, so the opposition, the enemy rises up and resists it. Now we have six states that ratify gay marriage. That's a great victory for us Christians, isn't it? You know why? Because we're operating in the flesh. And there's no anointing for you to do the things of God in the flesh. If we just stay in the spirit and continue doing what we are called to do, our commission is this. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Make disciples of men. The reason why our church has become corrupted is we've got to have all ourselves involved politically. We're trying to save our generation politically, whereas we should be saving it by being who we are in Christ. And if I offend you, I don't mean to. You've got to understand I'm a foreigner. I don't know any better. (laughs) Hey, that's the gap. That's the way out. (laughs) I just want to quickly just share this with you, First Corinthians. I want to show you about hearing God because you know what? People say, well, I'm not prophetic. Listen, the gifts and the callings are without repentance. When Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to all men. Every single man and woman here. I don't care what your name is and who you are. I don't care how you were conceived. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what you are. When you're here and you're in Christ, this pertains to you. You have the power and the ability to access the most dynamic toolbox of weapons that you will ever have at your disposal. So because you are not overcoming, it's not because there's no power. It's because you need to engage what you are called to be. You need to get in the groove of what God's called you to be. And that's that's where our power is. I don't do this because I'm specifically good. I do this because I believe. I know. First Samuel, uh, sorry, First Corinthians 12. I'm just testing you. Verse 8. Verse 7. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for a common good. Say it with me. To each one is given. How many each ones do we have here? Are you each one? You? So to each one. Yeah. This is not talking about a corporate thing. This is to each one thing. To each one is given. So don't forget, you've got to be an each. <laughs> not an each, an each. To each one <laughs> is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. To another, by one Spirit. To another, the affecting of miracles to another prophecy and to another distinguishing of spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues all this is what it says but to one the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills so if we are all each ones and you have a spirit of wisdom and you have the power of faith and you have the gift of miracles if we come together corporately we can all express the each one gifting in a corporate setting, and we can be dunamis, dynamite. We can be powerful. But we've got to get in the spirit. We've got to get out of the flesh mentality and the mind of the flesh. We are not going to change America politically because the machine is broken. 
God has allowed the machine to be broken. Because God wants people to come through the right door. And the door is Christ. The door is the blood of Jesus. The door is the entrance point. Not through a redemptive, through a process of a culture. Anyway. So, yeah, let me just give you. So, there's nine gifts. So, three of them are declarative. Okay? Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those are the declarative, talking gifts. Those are the power to release. So, right now, where you're sitting, watching television with me, you have the power through your mouth to hear what God's saying about you and speak those things as they be. The Bible in uh, Ephesians calls it the pleroma. The filling up of all things in God. Do you remember the years gone by when they came out with this diagnosis and they said uh, ADD? They diagnosed one child with ADD. Suddenly every single child had ADD. What happened? Well, there was a framework put together by words, diagnosis, prognosis. And the enemy came and said, because the enemy can't create. So what he does, he emulates God. So he says, huh, that's a precedent. So if this child has ADD, that means every child can have ADD. Oh, okay, let's fill this thing. And it's the same in the spirit. If you start speaking the things of God, you build a framework, and then the spirit of God fills it up. It's called filling up all things in Christ. See, we need to become a declarative people. We need to become a people that speak to things. I've been confronted many times. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was a guy that had cancer. The doctor said, go home. You're dead, finished, over, done, finished. Stood before him and I prophesied. I said, in, in, in 60 days, the picture will be different. 60 days time, they did a, a check on him. No cancer. Di- doctors had studied seven to ten years of college to learn about oncology. And they called it wrong. Why? Because they don't have the power of God. They don't have the wisdom of God and they can't speak the things of God. Unless they are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb that you are. So we have tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. That is every, each one of you has the ability to prophesy. Each one of you has the ability to speak in a different tongue. Well, what does that mean? That means you have the ability to access the throne of God through prophetic intercession. And to hear from God and speak in a language that the enemy cannot disrupt that means you can interpret what the spirit of god is saying these are just basic things this you don't need i'm not even talking about ministry gifts i'm talking about spirit gifts the holy spirit gave you gifts jesus gave you gifts you have personality gifts and you have ministry gifts we are such a gifted people we are gifted anyway that's three declarative gifts and if you don't know what's going on you have three three discerning gifts the power of revelation. I call him think. Because the problem is I found that people brain, curb check their brain, but they don't think. They just believe. They just follow what people say. They don't think. I'm telling you, it's serious. I mean, you talk to the younger generation today and ask them where Iraq is. They wouldn't be able to tell you. They don't think. There's, the education system is so geared to making people not think. We've, we've geared our children into peer groups where they feed off each other. They don't listen to authority anymore. They don't respect authority. They feed off each other. They find themselves an alpha male or alpha female in the peer group, and they follow what they do. 
That's why you have so many children in prison, so many children on drugs, so many children committing suicide, because the fact is they've lost the ability to recognize authority and speak to authority and authority speak to them. We have developed a culture here in this nation where men cannot receive correction from men anymore because they've been trained and brought up by women. Think about it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go there. <laughs> Think, I'm thinking about, oh, Lord, don't open, don't open Pandora's box right up here. Folks, please don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a discussion with you. I'm dialoguing with you about what, what really is going on in my heart. I'm heartbroken that the church is in this condition. But God has brought us here. God has brought us here. And, and so the only way I can is tell you the truth. I'm not an educated man as far as uh, I haven't gone to seminary. I've never studied theology. But you know what? As long as I walk like Adam does with God, I don't think I really need to study theology. I don't need a degree on my wall to know what God is saying and doing. All I need is I need the relationship. And what, I've, what I'm sharing with you is I live this. I don't read this in a book. My wife and I daily live this. We live by faith. We don't, we're not employed by a church organization or a group or anything. We live by faith. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. I've gone through processes where my children have been educated and everything because of the provision of God, not because of my technical ability and skills. It's because I am totally dependent and interdependent on God, on His provision, and on the kingdom. Totally. And you know what? I'm happy with that. You know why? Because there's no pressure on me. All I have to do is be obedient. It's, the Bible says obedience is greater than sacrifice. So, okay, let me go back to this. So there's three discerning gifts. The power of revelation to think. Discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge. Whew, that's big. If we could discern what is operating in our midst spiritually, we could deal with a lot of things without it coming to destroy and affect our families, destroy and affect our households. If you could discern what spirit people are. Jesus said to the disciples, when they said, let's call fire down from heaven on people who oppose us. And Jesus said, you know not what spirit you are. He was discerning what they were operating. They were operating in spirit of murder. Hello? You could at any time discern what is operating, because the spirit normally doesn't, it sort of, sort of masks itself behind a person. And it comes out like, oh, you don't love me anymore. What's that? Rejection. Well, I feel so offended. So when you start discerning what's operating, you can actually know how to deal with it. Because God will give you wisdom and knowledge how to deal with these things. You won't have to sort of like kind of puzzle it out. These are just basic spirit giftings that you have access to. You don't need a doctorate for this. All right, I've lost you. <laughs> Let me go through the last one. The three dunamis giftings, power giftings, the power to release, faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. You have this. You have this. Two, three weeks ago, a friend of mine called me from up the road, and he had just been diagnosed with cancer of the colon, cancer of the liver, just about every kind of cancer in his body. So I, I took a day and I drove up to go meet with him and talk with him, sit down, and, because his wife had just been diagnosed with breast cancer too. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say to someone 
that has a double whammy. What do you really say? Uh, you want a chocolate? So on the way driving up, I said, God, you have to give me the word of knowledge. You have to give me a word of life that when I walk in that place, that I can change that environment. Because when I walked in, it was death. And I looked at him and said, I want to tell you what the Lord said to me to tell you. This is not unto death. I said, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the blood levels say. I don't care what anything says. I'm telling you by the word of the Lord, this is not unto death. Called me yesterday. Said, listen, 40% of the cancer has gone out of my liver. The, uh, the tumor that's in my colon is encapsulated and metastasized. It's not growing. And it's daily my blood levels are improving. I said, what did I say? This is not unto death. Why? And look, it's not me. I didn't do it. I just spoke it. I was just the voice, the oracle, the mouth, the peace. And that's what you have. Every one of you have a mouth. Who doesn't have a mouth? You're not sure? We can hear and we can speak. We can hear and we can speak. We can hear and we can know God's thoughts. We can speak God's thoughts. So I wanted to just encourage you as a church. Don't worry about what the media says. I'm not cared what they say about the stock market. Pfft, I don't have, I'm, hey, day before 9-11, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the Spirit of God said to me, sell your shares. I went, called the broker, sold all my shares. Boom, gone. Next day, 9-11. Everybody finance collapsed. What's that? Hearing. I've never got back in the stock exchange since then because I know the rules of the stock exchange have changed. But people want to put their money in the stock exchange and banks where rust and moth can get to it. But you ask them to give to the church. Oh, no. My accountant says it's not viable to give more money than I can get a deduction for. The Bible says if you give, I don't even know why I'm getting here. If you give expecting a reward, you've already received your reward. Most people give to get a tax deduction. That's it. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that, but it just slipped out. We're going to change our mentality. Finance is a weapon. It's spiritual. It's part of who you are. If you want to destroy something, you sow into it. You know, it was a couple of years ago, many years ago in South Africa, my wife and I went to this one shopping mall one day, and, and I remember going to the shopping mall, God was speaking to me and saying to me that I'm going to have an encounter at this mall. So I'm walking around the shopping mall, waiting and wondering, because I had a certain amount of money I wanted to sow into somebody, and I was waiting and wondering who this is. And I saw this guy walk by. He was a well-known evangelist. He'd just gone through a fall. And I saw him, hey, how are you? And I walked by, and I said, oh, God, who's this person? I'm supposed to meet somebody. There's supposed to be an encounter. There's supposed to be an encounter. The eventually it didn't happen. I couldn't find the person, so we, we stopped and had breakfast. I got up, and I went to the restroom. And in the restroom, I stood. The man was standing by a bank of telephones calling his wife and I went into the restroom and I came out and the Spirit of God said to me, I want you to give the check to this man. Now in my natural mind, this man had just gone through a major fall. Everything in me would say, this is not good soil to sow in. This is not a good thing to do. Am I right? But I wrote the check and gave it to him. And as I gave it to him, he fell on his knees. He said, my brother, you have just slain a demon in my life. Thank you. He said, my Wife and I woke up this morning and God said we need to come to the mall and be here. Somebody is going to meet us here and going to, is going to assassinate and take care of this need for us. 
Now, I was walking around wondering, looking for the opportunity. Where was it? It was right there, and I never recognized it because my mind told me this man was bad soil. But you see, with God, it's totally different because the church needs to learn the power of redemption, how we redeem the fallen, how we redeem the lost. You who have gone through these things, turn and strengthen your brother. And I remember that day, something, something happened to me inside about Yearing and being obedient to the voice of the Lord. It is imperative. If I can encourage you in anything in your life, in relationship, in meeting your husband, meeting your wife, going into business, partnerships with business, finance, bank dealings, money dealings, hear the voice of the Lord. It is imperative. You will save yourself so much hardship. I do, besides ministry, I do consulting with executives in companies, and I meet with lots of executives on a weekly basis. And I consult and sit down and talk to them and speak to them about their business, about planning, strategic growth, training these men. Some of them aren't even Christians. Training them how to administrate their business in tough economic times. I have for years consulted with Congress and the Senate in Washington. Not because I'm good or I'm educated. It's because God opened a door and made a way for me. I have for years had opportunity to touch many lives. And what I do is I just use my gift. Because if I don't know, I don't need to tell a person I don't know. I say to God, what do, you, what do you want me to say? That's my obligation. I'm a voice, a messenger. Go out, speak to people. God can give you a word of knowledge. Is there a man here this morning named Andy? Come here, brother. Where's your wife? Come here. When I was driving in this morning, God gave me two names of two men that I needed to pray over this morning. And I don't know, I mean, I didn't know your name was Andy. Is this okay for me to do, Pastor? Do you mind? I want to show you. I don't know these people. Okay, you might know them better than I do. But I want to tell you, this is what God told me this morning. When God closes a door, God opens a new door. And there's a door closing and a door opening. You keep your heart right, God is going to promote you and open up a supernatural door of opportunity. Listen, you're going into a great time of promotion in the things of God. And yes, I know that you're heartbroken about the close, but I'm telling you what God has for you coming ahead is great. All right, so I want to encourage you. Don't be disheartened. Just continue to pursue. God's going to take care of you. He's already made a way. He's gone before you. The word says he's gone before you. So, Lord, today, you've gone before this couple. I pray today that you, you cement their faith. Lord, I pray today the failure that they feel within heart today is broken. It's a lie. It's not true. There's a grace is in that the season is over. God is opening up a new door of opportunity. And today the Lord says, enter into my grace and my rest and my peace because I'm going to do a new thing with you. And listen, the anointing of worship is going to grow and accelerate. And it's going to grow from just singing songs and worship to growing into a prophetic anointing where God is going to start using you to do the stuff that I've been doing, but doing it by song and by word and by wisdom. And so this is the next level that you're going into. And I want to, I want to encourage you to do something. Never dishonor your partner. Always remember that this young lady who's given to you by the Lord is the glory. Okay, when you want to know exactly how a man is, you look at his wife, because the woman is the glory of the husband. Always remember that she's part of you. She's with you. She's involved with you. And always give her the place to speak to you because that's very important. That This will be a voice that will tell you the truth. Okay? If you want to speak the truth, you're going to have to hear the truth. And there's going to be some adjustments the Spirit of God is going to take you through in this couple of months. But I want to tell you, do not be afraid. Do not fret. 
God has gone before you, prepared the way, opened the door, and it's going to be a supernatural event take place for both of you. As well as there's going to be an increase in your family. God's going to bring to you the sound of feet that are walking through your household. <laughs> it's a promise. The child comes with a promise. And I'm telling you, by the Spirit, God's getting ready to expand your household and promote you. Don't be afraid because you don't have money in your hand or pocket and because God does not need money. God has other ways and means of doing things. So I want to just encourage you in Jesus' name right now. That the Lord is opening and the Lord is shutting. And it's a new season in the Lord in Jesus' name. Okay?